welcome, welcome to Year the Shift with Flora Fauna Healing. So today I wanted to talk to you guys about something that's pretty dear to my heart, and that's safety and spirituality, divisiveness, separation culture, and fear. So this is a subject that's pretty dear to my heart, and it might be a little heavy for you. So if you are feeling that that might be the case, get yourself some tea, hit the pause button and come back. You might want a notebook. There's lots of important information in here. In the last year, I've really learned more than money can buy. As a lot of you guys know, I am a tarot card reader. It's been a hard to label myself with the word psychic for a whole host of reasons that I'm going to get into you, like get in with you today in hopes of cultivating a better understanding. Firstly, everybody is psychic, everybody. It's more of a matter of being able to train yourself to use it. That's why loads of us see it happen naturally. If it isn't happening, it may actually mean that you're out of alignment somewhere or that you've suppressed it or that your state of life is not currently allowing that. And I'll get into that more. But utilizing that sixth sense is actually part of our default. I never lost the wonder for the world that I had when I was a child. That's where a lot of us will lose our intuition or psychic ability. Even when I was told that what I was experiencing could not be real by others, I gave a laugh and I knew that there was a world beyond what we see and, I, and that knowledge never left me. I grew up very afraid, though. Um, you'll hear this said to you by a lot of mediums, but I had a lot of really frightening experiences that I didn't understand, a lot of that due to religious trauma. I knew that this was evidence of the spirit world, but I never understood it, and I had nobody to explain the mechanics of it to me, so I became very afraid of what I could do or the gifts that I had and messages that I received, and uh, used tools to use them instead of trusting what I received with my intuition naturally. Tools are not bad inherently. My collection of tarot decks would feel very betrayed if that was something that I thought. I love tools. Tools are such a good, strong place to start, and they offer a very grounding energy to the psychic ability. And a lot of like psychics and mediums continue to use them throughout their career, and that's okay. It can be a great tool for building faith in the intuition and having a validation that what you're understanding is correct. Which is exactly what it did for me. When I sought out Reiki training, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. It's one of the most beautiful parts of my life and really continues to be. But one of the biggest things that it taught me is about how fear can divide us, even in the communities that make us believe that we are safe within them. From the second I started my training, I was a little bit belittled about the things in my energy field or trauma that I had experienced, even when I was not vocal about that. I have had a little bit of a difficult life, and I'm young, and I certainly have a lot of work to do, which, like, I do what I love, and I help others do as well, and I do my work with love. In a community where openness was encouraged and really accepted, I ran into a lot of divisiveness and separation. The thing is, I was really aware of all of this in my own spiritual journey, and I had faced a lot of it before, but I hadn't learned the lesson quite deeply enough, and so this is where the universe put me to learn it. I was shamed for what I could do, I was shamed for my gifts, I was told that I was pirating the psychic information of other students, I was told that I was evil, I was told that I had entity attachments, and I was told that it was not fixable. You can imagine why this might be damaging for a whole host of reasons. So tell me why, if we're all love and we're all coming from love, that such things would even exist. This is the learning curve that I've been on this year. Attachments in the energy field are not necessarily a thing. What I want to explain is from the understanding of being a medium that I can see it differently than I did before. And someone on TikTok really helped me understand this, and she is at Hope Medium, I believe. But yeah, absolutely fantastic. Explained it in a way that validated something that I've known. So as a psychic, I can go into the field and I might receive like visual impressions of what's in the field, like um, 
like blobs or grime or just like darker color energy, something that might feel dense or stuck. I might see like different things associated to that. But either way, I can tell that it's an energy that does not necessarily belong. That does not mean that that's an entity, though. You have to think that when we receive information as psychics, that we receive information in a way that we will understand it. It's not like they're going to categorize things for us or tell us, yes, that is an attachment. No, they won't. You don't, I mean, maybe you receive that kind of information, but that hasn't been my experience and that's okay. Pardon me. But as a medium, when I sit in spirit and I work in that person's field, I can tell that that blockage that they're experiencing is actually because of trauma. And so when we receive visual impressions, energetic impressions, etc. during energy work, we may not actually understand the source and we may mislabel it as an entity or an attachment, which again is totally fine. If you don't have the education or the knowledge to do so, of course you're going to refer to it with what's within your sphere of understanding. So that makes sense, but it can be very damaging to the person. So can you sense what a supposable attachment is as a healer? Absolutely. It's attached trauma. When you go through hard things in life, it affects your field. This doesn't mean that you have something attached to you or that there's something wrong with you. It means that you're going through these things as a human and that these experiences and these traumas can sit in the field and they kind of get stuck. And that's why we have to work to be able to move them because they actually can affect your quality of life. And that's a big part of what I do. And that's all okay. Sometimes the things that have happened to you, both in your physical body, emotional body, spiritual body, and every single body that you have energetically can retain these kinds of blocks they can retain these kinds of issues and that's all okay it's all part of the human experience and when i see that when i'm working on somebody it's just to be able to make them aware of it or help them with it it's not that there needs to be this huge process it's actually a tool for us to help you learn and to be able to help release that for you. And the practitioner is given that information by their intuition and their higher senses to be able to do so. And that's all that there is to it. It's just meant to be held in love and to foster a communication, like a conversation between the practitioner and the person that they're working on. That's all. It's not meant to be this like thing that you need to be ashamed of or this thing that you know, you're know you merciless to or powerless to or that you need to feel bad for having. The minute somebody makes you feel bad about that is the minute that you need to find somebody else to work with you. Because that's not fair. So this is what you're going through as a human. And the way to help that is love. It's actually up to the person who has the blockage themselves to be able to heal it. All we can do is lift and shimmy it and move it and try to remove it as much as we can. But it will not work unless the human, and I say the human with love here, I mean the person, is able to let that go in their life. Because there's obviously something that's contributing to that block. Either something in the way that they're living their lives, etc, etc. And this isn't blame. It's just circumstance, and that's all that there is to it. It's circumstance that that person is in right now. Maybe it's not easy for them to get out of that circumstance, and it is not our job as healers to judge that. It just is not. That's not what we're there for. That's not why clients come to talk to us. And if you are facing this experience while you're going through your spiritual journey, this podcast was made to help you think And to help you assess, is this really right for me? Is this person the right fit? Do they need to be the right fit just because they have credentials? The answer is no. The answer is you are your own spiritual authority. And that's point final. And so you need love. You need a safe place to talk about it. You need a place to air out solutions if you want that. 
you don't need shame. You don't need victim shaming and you don't need somebody telling you that it's your fault and you must have done something to contribute to that because that's not how it works. If somebody tells you that they can remove something from you and that there's something wrong with you, that you're not right, move along. They might teach you some valuable lessons, but it won't be about what you think. Being more a versatile healer, it'll be about fear and divisiveness. Thanks to a lot of experiences in that road that I'll get into some other time, I began to really embrace my gifts because throughout all of those experiences, all of that shame, guilt, and fear, I started to turn to spirit, and the more that I did, the angrier and more controlling that the people around me causing the issues became. Because I was contradicting what they had held on to beliefs, some people will tell themselves certain things because it allows them to get away with things in their life, or it allows them to feel like they have any sort of control. When you work in a healing field, there is no room for control. That's not your job. Your job is to help the people that you're with. That's that. You help them with love. And if you're not helping them with love, you're helping them with control or shame or belittling or trying to wake them up to something. That's not how it works. And you need to revisit where you're coming from. Do I blame them? No. They're living in fear. And fear gives you more reasons to fear. And this creates a cycle. And when they break down what they fear, it'll teach them to release that and come back into love. As a healer, who am I to judge somebody for their own experience? We're all on a learning curve, and that's fine. In delving into mediumship, I learned a beautiful thing. One, that my gifts are very much real, and I've had that validated for me in several tangible ways. Two, that the only thing in the world beyond us is love. When you choose to work with spirit, you have to raise your vibration to do so, and so you get to feel this unconditional love, and its presence in your life grows and grows and grows until you suddenly realize that there's no reason for you to be afraid. And that actually happens in the learning. There's so much that we as humans don't understand because we're in a physical experience. But we have souls, so we're also in a spiritual experience, but the dominant thing for most of us is the physical, tangible world. That's why we're here. How can you be afraid of spirit if you are spirit? It doesn't make sense. That would mean you'd be afraid of every other human, too. And while that is the experience that some of us go through, absolutely, it doesn't have to be that way. For all of my unintentional mediums out there, and I know there's a lot of you, don't be scared. If your lights are flickering, do things around you move? Is there something that never stays where you put it down and you always have to go looking for it when you know there's absolutely no reason that it could have moved on its own? Think of it this way. Spirit is energy. We're all energy, but we're all in a physical world. Um, we sense vibrations more. Like, we sense physical vibrations more. If spirit cannot reach us by normal means, of course they're going to use physical signs because that is what humans put stock into. That is what people, when they're starting out, put stock into because they believe, oh, well, something physical is happening. We tend to write off our intuition and we write off the experiences that we have because we're like, oh, it's just my brain or my body playing tricks on me, whatever. But when something physical moves, then it's harder to doubt it, right? And that's going to happen. You have to think that they're trying to reach you in whatever ways that they can do so. So flickering your lights, it takes them a lot of energy to do that. Bless their hearts. <laughs> but if they're flickering your lights, it's probably because they want you to understand something. Or they're trying to give you a signal. Did you notice? I don't know if this is true for your experience, but it has been true for mine. A lot of the times when those lights flicker or when things move around before I started studying mediumship, it's actually when I was feeling very much alone or feeling powerless. And I believe that that was spirit showing me you're not alone. This is the only way that I can tell you. And if you set boundaries with spirit, like don't touch my stuff, don't flicker my lights, 
they'll listen. You have to set those boundaries, though. You have to say it. Because, really, they're just trying to reach you. They're just trying to be there for you. It's not always malicious, if it ever is malicious. And your guides can do this, too. So when you're seeing a light flicker, when you're seeing something move, be aware that it's not just ghosts or spirits that can do this. There's, there's a whole host of other things out there, and I don't mean that to be scary. We'll get into that if you guys want to get into that at some point. But it's more that your spirit guides might do that for you as a way of reaching you. Because when you go through stuff, when you go through things that are really difficult for you, your psychic senses tend to shut down. And the reason is, well, one, you're not at a vibration to accommodate that right now, and that's okay. You need to focus on yourself, and that's allowed and encouraged. And two... It's just how it works sometimes that you need to actually focus on yourself, step into yourself, and be there for yourself. And your guides may actually shut down psychic communication for you at that point temporarily so you can focus on yourself. And it is harder for them to reach you vibrationally when you're going through these kinds of things. So they'll try to reach you physically because physically that doesn't change. Your ability to perceive physical movements does not change when you're not well. So maybe they're trying to reach out to you. And that's why you're seeing that. And this can be why a lot of people will think there's more paranormal activity when they're going through things. Yeah, there is. Because people are trying to let you know you're not by yourself. And they'll try and try and try to let you know in as many possible ways as they can. And that's okay. So you can set boundaries with the spirit world. Because unless you set them, they're not going to know how to follow them. A lot of unintentional mediums, and you're going to hear me keep saying that because so many of us have these abilities and we don't know what the heck we're doing and we don't know how to refine them. So if this is hitting a chord with you, send me a message. I can give you lots of information. We can have a conversation and I can I can help you understand what's happening to you. So these happen primarily to a lot of people that have that mediumship ability, especially if you have a lot of people that have passed on in your lives, you might or your life, you might experience that even more because there might be more spirits hanging around you. And of course, this causes fear. Something standing over you at night, and you sense it, you feel it staring at you all night. They feel your vibration, dear. Spirits know those of us that are in tune because we have a higher vibration, so we shine to them, and that's okay. They can see it in your energy field. They do not see you as a physical being. They just don't. They actually see you as a blob of energy, and again, that's a whole other thing. They are in a non-physical existence, so they do not perceive us physically. We are in a physical existence, so sometimes we'll see them physically, but that actually causes them to have to use a whole huge amount of energy to do that for us. So we perceive them in spiritual ways, but how they perceive us is totally different. They see our energy. So if they're there and they're bothering you, there's a few things that you can do, but they most likely have something to tell you or they need your help. So here's what you can do. Set a boundary with them. I've asked my spirit guides to not have spirits bother me at night because it used to happen to me all the time. All the time I would feel like I was being watched at night or having something stand over me and it just gave me the willies because I didn't understand what it was. I can sense that there's a different energy standing over me. I didn't never sensed if that was good or if that was bad. I just sensed it. And to tell you the truth, it doesn't really matter, right? But I sensed it and I didn't know any better, so I told it to go away and got real creeped out when it didn't. <laughs> so you can set boundaries with your actual spirit guides for this. Because nothing can communicate with you without the interference of your spirit guide. It can be there, but it can't communicate with you. Your spirit guide will not allow that. Your spirit guide will only allow very certain presences to come through for you. And if you're a medium, you might experience more than this. If you're sensitive, you might experience that in a different way. 
And so I set a boundary with my spirit guide, with one of my primary ones anyways, to ask that nothing bothers me at night. And it's only happened once since, compared to every night before. And sometimes it's important. So sometimes the boundary might get crossed. But it's very rare, and it only happens in very specific situations. So there's other things that you can do. You can offer them love, and you can just send them love and tell them that's, that's all you can do. The only thing that I can do for you right now is send you love. If that's not okay for you, then move along. But if it is, feel free. Come sit with me and I'll just send you love. It doesn't matter who that spirit is, what that spirit is, what they are, etc., etc. Everybody needs love. And chances are that they're around you because they sense that you are loving. And so they're gravitating towards that positive energy from you. And just probably lost or needing some help and you don't have to give that help in a way that is not okay for you at that moment you don't need to cross your own boundaries and sit down and have a seance or a mediumship session you are not obligated to do that you can choose to send them love if that does not suit you you can point blank ask them to leave you alone or ask your spirit guide to not have that happen anymore and it will be respected there's no need to be afraid ever the spirit world does not involve fear do you need energetic protection Yes, but you actually need that from other people <laughs> and energies, not from the spirit world. The spirit world will not hurt you. The more that I work with spirit, the happier and more centered that I've become. I've lost so many years where I could have been enjoying what I can do because of that fear. Remember that you are spirit. We are spirit in a physical veal, like vehicle. That's it. We're not spirit in a physical veal. That's strange. But we're spirit in a physical vehicle. Um... And that's all there is to it. Spirit is all around us. It is us. So why would you be afraid of what's actually inside of yourself? And it's a whole conversation. Do you know what your intuition is? Like, I know you guys all know you have one, probably. But do you really know what it is? Some people will describe it as a sixth sense, and that's very true. Some will describe it as an inner knowing. Um, I see, I hear, I feel, I experience. That scares the shit out of some people. Your intuition is actually directly from spirit. It is a tool given to every single person and being on earth to help us when the world becomes too much, to help us to know that we're never alone. That's the whole point. Spirit wouldn't just be like, hey, go down to earth, but be completely separated from me. Like, no, that's not how it works. We are spirit. We come back to spirit. Spirit is within us and we're all one. And I know that's a big pill. You can look into the universal law of one or any of the universal laws if you need more information on that. And if you guys want an episode on that, please tell me. I would love to do one. So your intuition is directly from spirit. Spirit would never throw us to the wolves and allow us to live a life of disconnection. But the connection strength does depend directly on us. If you are well, you're feeling good in your life and you're happy, your intuition should be working. Um, now, everyone's intuition works in different ways. So just because you're not getting the same signals as another person... Bear in mind that your gifts may be different, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're less valid. That's, again, not how it works. Now, if you've trained yourself to do that, um, or sorry, you may have actually trained yourself out of using your intuition. And this can happen from a lot of things. It can happen from, like, religious trauma in the childhood or... You know, it does happen to children typically when you start learning that the world does not make believe, et cetera, et cetera. You need to be serious, that kind of stuff that parents will often tell us as we grow up and the world will tell us like, no, you're not talking to ghosts. That's an imaginary friend. Well, sorry, but it wasn't. <laughs> and that's okay. So children will often lose their sense of very open abilities because they'll start believing in the physical world more and coming to a more physical state of existence. This can happen to us as adults. You will hear the same story from a lot of mediums 
that we've shut down our abilities in order to function as children and then came back into them as adults. This is common. There's some of us that have them never leave us, and that's common too. There's no wrong way to do things. But you may have actually shut yourself off from your intuition. So if you had a lot of gifts as a kid or like as a teenager and you don't now, this might be why. Again, you know, send me a message. I can help you with that if that's something that you want. I'd be more than happy to. So if you're going through a hard time, do you know that your ability to receive information actually starts to become impacted? It's because you might be out of alignment. When we are in alignment, our gifts work well, especially if we've worked on them. When we're out of alignment vibrationally, we move out of our abilities to receive sometimes. And so that is when we feel the most separate. Here's a tip. We're never, ever, 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 ever separated from spirit. It's simply the human self that believes that we are. We are infinite beings. And therefore, we are infinitely loved and infinitely connected. It is actually your personal beliefs and the way that you experience life that may separate you from spirit. And this is why you hear a lot of people talk about spiritual awakening. It's not the thing that most people think it is, but again, we'll get into that later. I look at it as slowly coming into alignment with yourself. Yes, there may be like a sleep state that's experienced. But again, that goes way, way too far sometimes. But yes, we do have a state where we are unaware. When we come back into alignment is to come back into awareness, and we all should do it. When we work at being happy in our lives and working at what we can control instead of what we can't, and we work at working on us primarily, it has to be working on you. That's what's going to help you the most. Not working on other people, not caring about that, but actually working on you. That is when you will come into a higher state of alignment and your gifts may increase and all sorts of things. It's actually all about your self-work and healing the self. And so when you go through a hard time, this might be why you feel like your gifts are shut down. To tell you the truth, sometimes our guides will shut us down. And that's because we need our own energy or we need our own help. They know that we need to recuperate, especially if it's a physical thing. Sometimes when you're not well, you won't receive information for a while, and that doesn't mean that you're alone. It just means that you're being told that you need to focus on yourself right now. If you're in one of those states of disconnection, it might help to talk out loud um, if you'd like. I do that often. Speak out loud. Your guides will hear you, and they'll ask for help. Here's another thing that they don't tell you in the How to Be Spiritual on an Earth Life Manual. Spirit cannot interfere with your life. Your guides cannot interfere with your life without you asking. Your angels can't. Your guides can't. Because what happens is we were actually brought down here to do our own work. And so if spirit was allowed to just intervene all the time, then we wouldn't learn anything. So you can ask. And when you ask, they'll help you in the way that will most serve your greatest and highest good. And that won't be taking away the lesson for you. It'll be actually helping you to integrate and learn the lesson. So spirit is always available to help you, but you have to ask. It can't help you unless you ask. There's actually contracts against that. You, you have to ask. So it's our job to live and learn in this life. And if our guides helped us every single time with everything, we wouldn't be learning too much. That isn't saying not to ask for help. It's actually saying that you should. Ask it very specifically when you need it. You can ask the angels, you can ask your spirit team, you can ask the universe, whatever you feel comfortable with. But you must name them, and you must ask. You can ask for intervention, even. That's really the only way that they can actually step in and help you move forward. The idea is that we never need to shut our gifts down, walk away from them, or walk away from the universe gives us, because we're actually part of that. And our gifts are what we experience when we are in sync, because they are one of our tangible senses. And that's the thing that a lot of people starting out with this may not know. The idea that we should be in fear in any way is actually just to separate us. When somebody suffers and they're going through trauma, I want to be a hand to help them. 
I want to help them help themselves because we're all made up of the same stuff. We're all one. We're not separate. We're all just learning. None of us better than the other. All of us at different stages. Using your power as a healer to incite fear? No, <laughs> that's not why people come to you. People come to you because they trust you and they love you. And that's such a beautiful gift. That person is asking for your help and you would hold them in fear. You would let them believe that there's a reason to be afraid. That shouldn't be how it works. When someone experiences trauma, they want love. So you need to give love and acceptance. Think about it. How are you going to help somebody heal? Is it by giving them crap and giving them a real talking to and, you know, trying to bully them into doing what you think is best? The key thing to remember here is it's not our job to interfere as healers. It's not. As mentors, as gurus, as teachers, as whatever the heck you want to call what you do, if you do this, it's not our job to interfere. It's our job to love. It's our job to hold acceptance. It's our job to hold space. We can give that opinion if it's asked of us. We are not to control what our clients are experiencing. We are not to control what our students are learning. Everyone has their own experience and that fundamentally needs to be allowed. How else will someone learn if you're trying to correct all their mistakes? If you're trying to tell them how to live their life, are they really learning or are they just following you blindly? And are they really going to succeed in their life if that's what you're giving them? When they leave your care because they are quote unquote better, their life is going to fall apart again because they weren't following their own inner compass. They were following yours. Everyone needs to follow their own compass. Everyone needs to learn for themselves. You can't tell someone what their experience should be or how they should experience it. So if you guys are students right now, or if you guys are going through these spiritual teachings and trying to learn, it's okay if you're at that stage where you understand everything and you accept everything, because that's okay. You do need to go through that stage where you need to pick and choose what works for you. Just because somebody has higher credentials or seems impressive, etc., etc., does not make them more of an expert on you than you. I know that can be difficult. I know you may have a lot of trust in the mentors you look after, etc. But be considerate of this. You need to be your own mentor if you're going to guide yourself through your life. You can ask people for help, but you can't ask them to drive your car. I mean, you can, but you can't ask them to drive the car of your life, so to speak. You have to be in the driver's seat. So if there's any mentor trying to take you out of the driver's seat, it's a problem. Please, please listen to that part if you are experiencing that. So the other thing that I wanted to touch on too is it's not just people that experience spiritual awakening or who are going through that spiritual way of life that are going to experience this. You actually will experience this as a client a lot. Um, and this is to say like when I do a tarot reading for you guys or anyone, I'm not trying to tell you what I think you should do. I'm actually telling you what spirit is telling me, thereby I am completely removed from the process. I know that's hard to wrap your head around if you may not be a psychic or intuitive person, but it's actually my job to step the he like step the heck out of the way. I step out of the way during Reiki. I step out of the way during tarot. I step out of the way during mediumship. If you want to ask me a question, ask me a question directly using my name because I'm not there to answer your questions as Kayla at that point. I'm there to deliver messages to you. And so you place a great deal of trust in me and integrity and you allow me to hold you 
energetically while you talk to me about what's going on in your life. And that is probably one of the most important things that I could experience in my life. And I'm infinitely thankful and grateful that people present me that opportunity. And to abuse it just puts a sour taste in my mouth, guys. I have very strong opinions on people that use that to be malicious. And there are a lot of people that do. There are readers, there are all sorts of things. I'm not trying to incite fear. I'm actually trying to tell you that you'll know when someone is not stellar. You'll know. I promise you, you'll know. There'll be a feeling in you, in your gut. That's what you need to trust. Trust the intuition on who is right to work with you or not. I will never be offended. If you come up to me and tell me, I don't want to do readings with you because you're not the right fit for me at that time, I'll be like, okay. You know, good for you for knowing that. You know what? I'm never going to be offended that you go see another healer. I'm going to be like, great. They probably have tools that I don't. Fabulous, right? (laughs) It's in your best interest to do that, actually, to try different fits, see who works well with you. You should learn from multiple people. I don't have all the gifts in the world, so I can't tell you all of that information. You should seek out someone that can or someone that has a more well-rounded skill set. If that's what you feel called to do, I'll always support you, right? That's my job. And if somebody's not doing that, you need to rethink that person for their role in your life as a mentor, healer, teacher, guru, blah, 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 right? Any of the hats that people will put on to us. So when I do a reading, I'm not passing judgment on you either. It's just what's there. (laughs) Sometimes the messages that I have to pass are really difficult. Trust me that I say I would not want to pass a lot of them on. It's difficult sometimes. I have to talk to people about abusive relationships, about death, about all sorts of really taboo subjects. And you think that I sit down and know that I'm going to do that? No, I don't. I have no idea when I go and what I'm going to deal with that day. And that's okay. It's not my job to pass judgment on you or tell you that you need to get out of that situation. Blah, blah, blah. Or you're in the wrong here or there. No. I may tell you with love that there are some things that you should change, that there are some things that you should look into, that these people in your life may not have you in their best interests, et cetera, et cetera. But at the the end of the day, what you do about it is all up to you, not me. I'm just a messenger. I'm completely removed from that process. Every person should be removed from that process. You don't want to give people readings based on your mind. That's not how it works. At least it shouldn't be. Your mind does not belong in that process. Your heart and your intuition do. What reason would I have to lie to you? I believe that if I lie to you, you'd be right to never come see me again. I would understand. In fact, I would encourage you, and I would probably like give myself a public outing and be like, I did something unethical, and I need to take a break from my practice, is what I would do. Because I hold myself to a very high level of integrity. And what I do means something to me. And it should mean something to the people that are working with you or the people that are teaching you. There should be that sense of integrity there. I'm here to hold space for you. And this is why I offer so many different ways that I can do that. Because not all ways that I offer will work for every person. Because my job is actually all about you. I am here for you guys. Not to push an agenda. Not to gain clout or recognition. If I could help just one person in my lifetime, that would be enough. I consider myself blessed beyond belief to be able to hold space and give love to others as my day job. I have the best job ever. And so all of you that are walking on your healing journeys right now, again, this isn't an episode about how I do my job. This is an episode about how you should do your job. 
This is an episode about how if you are in this industry, what you need to remember, what you need to embody, you need to embody your own integrity and your integrity might be different than mine and that's totally fine, right? But you shouldn't be working out of fear. And I know that a lot of mentors or gurus or again, whatever you want to call it, will teach fear. And that's because they're at their own different stage of healing. It's not that you need to slam them and it's not that they're less than, et cetera, et cetera. Remember that there are points in your life that you might have been living out of fear. And remember that you felt validated at that point. So what I'm asking of you guys, whether you're healers, whether you're students, whether you're clients, et cetera, is to think about who you place your trust in and to place your trust first and foremost in yourself, to place your trust on what is right and wrong within you. Your intuition is given to you as a vehicle. I understand in this life that you may pay other people, like myself, for example, to be able to guide you intuitively. But the key word is guide, guys. The key word is always, always guide. Never doer, never driver. Never controller, guide. You are the person in the driver's seat and you need to stay there. Whether you're a client, whether you're a student, whether you're a a mentor, like I'm in my own driver's seat, I would never let somebody drive my car. Never. Because that wouldn't serve me. I wouldn't learn anything. Can I take driving lessons from someone? Yes, yes, please do. I have taken lessons from so many different people, so many different modalities, because I value other people's knowledge infinitely, but I do not value it above my own hard pill. You are capable of any of the knowledge that anyone around you is providing you. So someone may have a natural affinity for something. That's okay too. But you are the person that needs to make those decisions for yourself. The minute you find yourself paying a psychic to make your decisions, please step back, guys. Please, please, please. Please. Can they help you? Yes. Can they guide you? Yes. But you have to make those decisions on your own. It's infinitely valuable that you place your trust in yourself there are so many mentors gurus teachers people friends family members that think they know what you should do better than you and so this doesn't just apply to the spiritual sphere of life it actually applies to every part of life you are in your own driver's seat and if you're not i beg you to actually really sit down and figure out why that is You are never powerless to your circumstances. You only tell yourself that you're powerless. Being powerless is an illusion. Everything is love. Everything is love. There is no powerlessness. There's only connectedness. If you're feeling powerless, it might be wise to sit down with somebody that you trust that will not try to take over your driver's seat. And ask them, am I blind to myself in some area of my life? Am I not seeing things? Am I looking things, looking at things through rose-colored glasses? And can you help me iron it out? But the decision always lies with you. So I wanted to talk to you guys about that because you're seeing, and I'm seeing, so many beautiful healers rise to the forefront right now, doing their divine work, doing what is meant for them. And I just wanted to touch on this as a teacher in a lot of ways myself. Choose who guides you. Based on your intuition and your own integrity and your own cir- like your own circuit board, you'll know who's right for you and who isn't. And you do not need to apologize when you step away from someone who is not. You do not need to feel guilty. You do not need to people please that mentor or, or guru or whatever it is. You actually owe yourself an apology for stepping to the side of yourself to allow someone else to tell you that they know you and what you need to do better than you. You are your own spiritual authority. Let me ask you this. Why? 
Why on earth would that person know more about spirituality than you? Because they've studied through all these masters and they've been at it for years. Does that make their intuition more valid than yours? Do they know more about you than you? No. Can you learn a lot from everything that they've been through? Yes. But they need to stay impartial with you. They cannot be driving your car. And so I just wanted to share this with you as something that's very dear to my heart. Uh, whether you're a student, whether you're a client, whether you're in anything for anybody, not just me. I'm not talking about just my services here. I'm talking about any of the people that you may visit for any reason in particular, really. I just wanted to talk a little bit about it and to encourage you to know that when you're going through a spiritual path, if there is someone that you are asking advice from, etc., that is inciting fear in you, please reconsider your decision to work with that person. And it's okay. You know what? A lot of us healers learn. I definitely learned. I was taught in a lot of the modalities that I've taken that attachments are a thing and that, you know, negative karma and people are being punished for this and punished for that. And really, I don't subscribe to that thought now. And I apologize to anyone that I was around when I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was learning just like the rest of us. But I assure you, I am much better now. <laughs> we all have to learn, right? But I look at it as, okay... I want to treat my job with love. I want to treat the people that listen to my podcast with love. I want to treat the people that come to me for my services with love and not judgment. It is their choice what they do with their lives. It is my choice what I do with mine. If we all just allowed each other to live without judgment, can you think about what a different world we would be in? And so a big part of that is accepting that sixth sense. You are infinitely connected to everyone and everything in the world. Thereby, someone cannot be better than you or, or worse than you. We're all in a spectrum of human experience. I've been at every point in that spectrum and so have you. Sometimes we've been the quote-unquote person who looks better and sometimes we've been quote-unquote the downtrodden one. And you know what? It's a cycle and we all go in that cycle so why would you look down at somebody? There's no reason to look down at anybody. There's a reason to understand that they are going through some stuff right now. And you can disassociate with them if it doesn't serve you. But you do not need to pass judgment on anybody else. That's not what you're here for. And that's not what your teachers are here for. And I just wanted to touch on that. So if you guys have any questions, you can feel free to send me a message as per usual. Or you guys can, you know, check out my Patreon if you guys want more resources. That's patreon.com slash healing. And I just wanted to spread a little bit of love to you guys today and, and hope that this reaches somebody who needs to hear it. And I will see you guys next month. <laughs>